Hello, my name is Maxine Ward and I'm one of the trainers at the International College of Professional Celebrants and I'm also a practicing celebrant and I'm here today with Stuart. Hello everybody, Stuart Morris, for those of you who don't know me, founder and director of the International College of Professional Celebrants. Great to be here. So we're going to talk about preparing your business for success as a celebrant, aren't we? So it's great, isn't it? On a Friday, which is the last day of training, all of our celebrants have had a brilliant week. They're really high, really excited to go out there. Um, and on the course, we do talk about how to prepare your business for, for success. Uh, but sometimes people are um, a bit nervous, aren't they? And they're not sure what to do. So we're going to talk about some of those things today. Um, and you've got a, a background in, in business, haven't you, Stuart? have have um i used to teach entrepreneurship at the henley business school at the university of reading uh, and i've taught people all over the world how to start their own businesses and i've also started i think i think it's getting close to 30 businesses now in in various different way uh, industries and ways so yeah starting business is definitely a thing that i know about and it's interesting. A lot of people who come into celebrancy have been before in full time work. They haven't necessarily run their own business. Um, and it, it can kind of part it. And I found that when I started working on I was going in the office, I was speaking to other people, I had um people doing the marketing and people doing the finances. So I didn't have to worry about that thing. But when you're a one-man band, you, you suddenly have to grip all of this, don't you? So, I mean, let's talk about working on your own. A lot of people think on as a celebrant, but that's not necessarily the case, is it? Yeah. I, one of the things about running your own business is, is you have to do everything. You're, you're chief cook, bottle washer, um, waiter, and and everything in between, a managing director. And so what as you, you're right, it, it can be quite a lonely thing, but it doesn't have to be a lonely thing. And I think in the past, a lot of celebrants have found themselves um, quite isolated because they feel that all the other celebrants in their area are competition. And, and whilst to a degree that's true, actually, um, we're more powerful together than we are alone. So there's a lot to be said for things like Celebrant Connect, where we, we organise you know coffee morning coffee time together and just go and meet up and, and support one another but the other thing is you do spend a lot of time uh, on your own with your computer writing ceremonies and uh, doing marketing and all of that kind of thing so it's important to make sure that you've built into your life ways to connect with other people either within the business uh, and that may be you're going out and visiting funeral directors or going doing wedding fairs or whatever it is, but getting out and connecting with other people rather than just becoming increasingly isolated and, and lonely on your own. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of advantages to networking with other celebrants. I think if you're just starting out, it's it's good to network with more experienced celebrants because you, you've got people in your area who can support you as well as the ICPC network. You can actually get face to face with people. And I have had a, a lot of a support from people local to me. If, for example, I um, am not available on a wedding day, I can ask them if they're available to do it and vice versa. So they will they will come to me. So there's a lot of strength and support, I think, in 
in collaboration. I have done wedding fairs where I've been across the aisle from fellow ICPC celebrants. And, you know, not everybody wants the same celebrant and the same personality. And I think part of our job is to make people um, and educate people as to what celebrants can do and also educate them that they have a choice because it's advantageous isn't it for us to be able to do that so when I was at the wedding fair with Stuart last week we I sent after I talked to people I sent them to Stuart and vice versa because it's important that it's their big day and they they click with the right person so it's I think collaboration is really really important and um, it's got lots of advantages haven't it I think so. It should make clear that's not me, Stuart. That's a different Stuart. <laughs> that's, that's a really good example of where in the past, the sort of 80s and 90s uh, adversarial approach to business, um, which is what many of us sort of have recollections of, is so outdated now that actually working together, supporting one another, encouraging one another, and in fact, in that case, so somebody's rocked up, they've come past your stand, they've talked to you about what's possible, um, and then you recommend that they go and talk to uh, Stuart, the other celebrant who was across. At that point, weirdly, that particular customer now feels, or potential customer, psychologically, they are more predisposed to buying from you because you have freely given expertise and advice uh, and then in fact invited them to go and speak to it ostensibly a comp competitor um, they are much more likely to buy from you but they're also more likely to buy from him uh, than from anybody else so they because the recommendations go between the two of you the customer is thinking ah oh, this person's good and generous and kind with their expertise. They're not quite what I'm looking for, but they have recommended this other person. This other person it must be good. In that scenario, actually, the psychological and, and entrepreneurial research shows they are more likely to buy from one of the two of you than from anybody else. So that cooperation, that building one another up, that working together to freely give expertise and knowledge to the potential client creates trust it builds a relationship and it doesn't take away overall from any of us and that's a really really important thing I think you know, for me in in business always it's start from a position of generosity give your expertise give your time um, you know, not to the point where you're being taken advantage of <laughs> But yeah, you don't write the whole wedding and then send them a proposal with it all for free because no, they're going to run off and and take your take your work and and not pay you for it. Um, but certainly, being generous with advice and and expertise helps build that relationship. And we buy from people we trust. Absolutely, we do. Absolutely, we do. Now, I found when I. Um, set up on my own so I was talking about having departments around me to support me when I was um, in my corporate role it can be easy to suddenly find yourself um, having to do a lot of things and not having the expertise to do that and then again that's another thing that I found so there are lots of ways to get help for free and lots of considerations as to what you might choose to pay for so what's your view on that? I think you have to be 
pragmatic. Um, now, for me, uh, the detail of bookkeeping and accounting, keeping a, a daily record of what ceremonies I've done and uh, whether the funeral director has paid me or whether I've put the check in the bank, that kind of thing just drives me nuts. But there's no real way of outsourcing that. You know, I'm the person that was handed the check. I'm the person that can see the, the bank account, see whether the, the transfer. So there are some jobs that you just got to do yourself. Absolutely. Um, doing my tax return at the end of the year, I'm more than happy to pay an accountant to, to do that. And I use an online accounting package, um, which is probably overkill for most celebrants when they're starting out. But actually, HMRC in the UK are uh, already requiring all businesses to use online or electronic accounting mechanisms. And that will become necessary for self-employed people as well, um, if it hasn't already by the time you're listening to this. So it is worthwhile exploring things like Xero or QuickBooks. Um, and getting to learn to know them. You are running a business. This is a skill that you need to know. And it's not hard. It's just, you know, enter the invoices or create an invoice, send it to the funeral director or not, depending on the funeral directors or the uh, preferences. But at least if you've created it, it's there. It's dead easy to do it with uh, sending an invoice to a couple for a wedding or a baby naming or something like that. It's all done for you. You don't need to worry about VAT because as a celebrant, you're highly unlikely to be getting to the point where you're doing more than uh, whatever the VAT threshold is. At the time we record this, it's about £86,000 turnover a year. So you don't need to worry about the VAT. And if you are at that level, then you've got enough income coming in to hire an accountant to sort it out for you. But so there are things that you need to do yourself and probably your bookkeeping is, is one of them. And there are things you can outsource. So you might decide you don't want to sit down and try and create your logo and things, in which case pay somebody else. Because for me, graphic design, that's just a disaster. I'm I'm a dyslexic autistic. <laughs> um, it, 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 graphics aren't my thing. But so I, I definitely would outsource that. And it doesn't have to be expensive. You reach no. out to friends and family um is a good place to start um but also you know there are costs in starting up a business and it may be that paying somebody you know, it, it might be 100 pounds it might be 500 pounds don't spend a thousand pounds on a on a graphic design you don't spend too much in the starting up phase it's dead easy to to spend a fortune trying to get everything perfect and and the yeah. business cards um, Absolutely. And I don't I don't think you need to. So in, in my first year, um, I absolutely set up a business bank account and and I chose to have QuickBooks. But I didn't have a bookkeeper or, or an accountant um, because I had, you know, it was my first year and I felt like I was you know in control of what um, I was doing. However, I do do other things. So it came to the point where I've got different sources of income um, that have to be managed independently especially when I'm doing my tax return so mm -hmm. in the second year um, I chose to have a bookkeeper so now I've, I've got my electronic um, and 
um, QuickBooks, um, it's attached to my bank account. So anything that goes through that bank account goes straight into QuickBooks. And I've also got um, an, other, an, an app on my phone that monitors my mileage. And although we've both mentioned QuickBooks, I think we have to say other accounting packages are available. <laughs> yeah, I use Xero. I use zero yeah. yeah. And it uh, makes it really it makes it really easy because then my bookkeeper classifies everything. I press a button and my profit and loss report comes up. So that's really easy. Um, I found that when I started, um, I think mentally there's only so much money that you feel comfortable spending. So you have to cut your cloth according to your your budget, don't you? So I um, had a friend who is a graphic designer um, and I traded some skill sets with her so no money actually took place um I did some coaching for her that she gifted her friend in term in term for my graphic design and I also decided to invest in some good photography because I thought that's essential um because we people connect with us they look at us when they're choosing the celebrant um and then I sort of really stopped after that because I wanted some return on my income on my training so I think what you say about not doing everything at once is good advice but I would strongly recommend to network not just with other celebrants but with people in your local area because you can get a lot of good advice and a lot of help um, by networking effectively and not necessarily having to outsource or hire something to do that um I kind of this ties in a little bit now to finances doesn't it so we've talked about accountants um and we've talked about managing money so that's that's good and I think just do some research on how you want to plan your finances speak to some local accountants and bookkeepers have a look at the the apps that are available to make your life um easier and then set your budget and 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 do it accordingly um, I want to move on now to developing as a professional, really, I think, and and learning because you know, every every client and every ceremony that you do is is new and fresh and a learning experience, isn't it? Yeah, and interesting. I've just I wrote a funeral yesterday, sent the eulogy to the client last night, and they've come back with some. You know, at first reading, I'm looking at this email thinking, ouch, you know, I pulled my heart <laughs> with writing that, and they really don't like what I've written. Um, and, you know, it's, it's tough to admit that. And so I'm going to have to sit down and, uh, you know, okay, what, what's come over there? What's, um, why have they interpreted the way I've written it in a way that they don't like? And that's going to take some, uh, you know, it's a learning experience to look at, okay, the, the client has really, the style that, that they've perceived from the page has, has really uh, not chimed with them. So it's a bit of the learning experience going on there. It's very uh, difficult for me to admit that because I like to think that I can write a good funeral. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, you know, we're always learning we might see an opportunity for some marketing. We might see uh, another celebrant doing something different to the way we've done it. We we might be at a, a wedding fair and see uh, a cake uh, maker see something on their stand and think, "Oh, I really like that," and I could adapt it to the way I do things. So I think it's it's really important in any form of business to be always open to 
improvement, always open to learning lessons, always open to new ideas. It's very easy as human beings to get stuck in our rut. And uh, and actually, that that's a route to decline. You mm. have to be looking at life in different and new ways. And that's how we improve. It's how we uh, compete effectively against uh, other you know, other other celebrants because although we talk a lot about collaboration with other celebrants at the end of the day we've got to get ourselves out there and we've got we to, want the business <laughs> we do want the business. we've got to be found by the client and we've got to then convince the client that they want us um and, and to a degree also don't be too hung up on taking every job it there was a, a funeral i was offered the other day and i looked at my diary and thought actually I don't think I can fit that one in. I could, I, the date of the funeral was fine. I could have done it on the day, but it was getting all of that work in and having the courage to say, actually, no, I can't fit that one in means that I can do a better job for the clients that, that I've got. So have the courage to say no sometimes. But I think you know, within ICPC, our, our culture and our ethos is one of constant learning, constant improvement, constant you know, what how can I be the best celebrant I can be? It's not that I need to be a better celebrant than Maxine. Um, it's just, can I be, how can I be the best I can be? And the best me, the most authentic me, because clients do sniff bullshit. You know, if, if you're trying to convince somebody, oh yeah, I can, I can do a skydiving wedding, no problem at all. Or if you've never been skydiving before, but it's their passion, you're not going to get past step one because they'll know that you don't know what you're talking about yeah um, absolutely and I think it's quite often it's all about personality and that connection with a couple so you know I'm not the kind of celebrant who would give a very deeply spiritual um ceremony and and I would recommend a different celebrant for that but I think the key is you know always learn and try different approaches so if you don't close a sale try and get some feedback as to why that was and quite often it is the personality thing but it might have been something you said if you're having meetings with couples and they're not choosing you think about your approach and how you might do that differently and try a different approach and keep trying a different approach because that's you know that's part of the learning curve and then you'll find uh, I did a, a, a sort of way of selling that works for you um you know so, and sometimes I I always Sometimes I always, that's contradiction, isn't it? I, I usually will ask a couple at the end of a sales meeting um, if they'd like to go ahead and book me. Now, for some, they'll sit back in their seats and look really surprised and you think, oh, well, maybe that wasn't the right close. But, you know, I use that just to, to try and get them to commit. And it doesn't work for everybody. So, again, now I, I try and gauge it a little bit more. So I think learning from your mistakes and pushing yourself up and, and often trying a different approach is is really good isn't it a really good thing to be able to do yeah and it's 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 a good motto in life you know it's, it's that self-reflection and what went well today and, and what didn't go well today and um you know just just helps us in all sorts of aspects of life yeah and I think being part of the ICPC family is a wonderful place to be because you have people who support you. So if you get stuck, um, you need some recommendations, you're not sure how to do things, not only can you come to us as a, as a 
celebrant your trainers and and the organization that supports celebrants across the world but also your fellow celebrants that you trained with so I think you know being part of the family and trusting them and not being frightened to ask for help is is really important so if you were going to give three tips Stuart um what do you think we would when you were starting your business three things to really keep at the forefront of your mind I think they'd be. Sorry, I've got a lot of uh, noise going on outside. So if you can hear that, sorry about that. I think the the first tip is do something every day. Mm. Don't sit there and think it's all going to happen. You've got to get out there. You've got to to prep. Um, The second tip is don't try and be perfect. Done is much better than perfect. So if you spend a week trying to tinker with designing your business cards, you've wasted six and three quarter days. Um, you know, it, it's designing your business card. It can be really, really simple. Your name, what you do, and your contact details. It doesn't have to be an exquisite work of art. Now, and over time, you know, you may develop an exquisite work of art business card, but to begin with, it doesn't need to be like that. And, and we all have a tendency some of us more than others to think it's got to be perfect and so we spend hours and hours and hours and we never actually launch we never we never take off we're still doing the pre-flight checks as it were trying to perfect everything so do something every day don't try and be perfect good enough is is better than never uh never launched and you can iterate over time you know your style will change over time as well uh, and the final thing is don't try and uh, don't set yourself up to fail is what I'm saying. The, the idea of saying, right, I'm, I'm finished my, my day job, this 30 year career I've had as whatever it was. And then tomorrow I'm going to be earning um, a huge amount of money doing seven funerals a week. It, it isn't going to happen like that you have to have a realistic plan. And, and when I talk about a business plan, I'm not talking about one of those works of fiction that you see. <laughs> in the movies. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, this, this year we're, we're a startup and next year we're going to be bigger than Facebook. Yeah, no, rubbish. When I started, I, I, my full-time celebrancy career started in the October and I set myself the goal of doing one funeral a week reliably by Christmas and then two funerals a week reliably by Easter on average, and then three funerals a week reliably by by August the following year. So that was my sort of beginning business plan. Now, actually what happened uh, was a lot quicker than that because very quickly I realised that um, my technique of of introducing myself and getting to know new new funeral directors and getting new business – um, because I was constantly iterating, constantly improving it, constantly learning what worked, what didn't work, it actually went much quicker. And by Easter, I was pretty much full time. Um, you know, that was that was my full time income was coming from three or even four funerals a week. Now, for me, three, occasionally four funerals a week is all I can manage just with my own busyness and, and my own life. You might have more, and that's fine. But set yourself a a series of achievable goals and compare you know have i managed one funeral a week no okay why not have i have, did i not go out and visit enough funeral directors 
last week or the week before. That's probably what it is. You know, the more say, the more effort you put in, the, the more will come back. Now, obviously, weddings are a much longer time frame. It might be eighteen months, two years away. But when you get a booking now for two years' time, um, but equally. Uh, you know, I've got a, a friend who's just had a phone call from somebody who wants a wedding in four weeks' time. Um, and I had one uh, 18 days, it was, from the phone call to the actual ceremony. It happens. It happens. It happens. So, you know, get started, do something. Don't try and perfect everything before you get out there and set yourself some realistic goals. Those would be my big three tips. Thank you, Stuart. It's been an absolute pleasure. And if people want to find out more and get more support, they can come to the ICPC um, either on our website or on our Facebook pages, or they can pick up the phone and ask. It's been a pleasure to talk to you about starting your business and how to prepare for it. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye.